Welcome to the Sports Down Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. We will discuss in today's episode, the Thursday Night Football Preview, the Rockets find a replacement for Mike D'Antoni, Daryl Moore agrees to become the president of basketball operations for the Sixers, White Sox hire Tony LaRussa as manager, and much more. As we do on every episode, we have a poll question you can vote on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the question is, should the Lakers and Dodgers title have an asterisk next to it? Yes or no? And right now, yes is running away with it. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. Alrighty, so let's dive into our first uh, topic of the day, and Michael will be joining us. How's it going, Michael? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing great. So first, we're going to start with the Rockets find the replacement for Mike D'Antoni. Uh, big news in the National Basketball Association. The Houston Rockets have hired Steven Silas as their next head coach to replace Mike D'Antoni. Silas was a former assistant coach of the Dallas Mavericks. He joined the Mavs back in 2018 to be the guy under head coach Rick Carlisle. Steven Silas is the son of former Paul Silas, who is a Hall of Famer. Steven's dad was the head coach of the Clippers, Hornets, Cavs, and Bobcats. According to multiple sources, Steven Silas is a player's coach and can run the offense well. It is also the first hire for new general manager, Raphael Stone. Michael, what is your thoughts and opinions on the Houston Rockets hiring Steve uh, Steve Silas to replace Mike D'Antoni? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good fit. You know, I, I do think... He'll do a better job running the offense compared to what D'Antoni did. And, yeah, I just think he's should be a solid fit for them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, most of these hires, including this one, have really kind of stunned me because I didn't know much about Steve Silas or even knew, knew about him. So I guess he was good under the Mavericks. He can run that offense well. Uh, he's a player's coach, as I previously mentioned. Um, like I said, the only coach that I really wasn't shocked that got hired was Ty Lue to the Clippers, but it's been really kind of a lot of coaches here and there, and it's like some of them you haven't even heard of. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Um, is Steven Silas the right guy? Do you think he's the right guy, Michael? I mean, it's hard to say right now, but at the end of the day, as long as he can keep his players under control, I think that should be he should be good because a lot of basketball comes down to like chemistry and you know how well the players get along on and off the court. And so I think as long as he can control their players, I think you sh- shouldn't have an issue. Um, I just don't know about Steve Silas really enough to say if he's a, if he's the guy, uh, the Rockets seem like they're going to try to go one more year instead of blowing it up. Uh, Daryl Morey is no longer there. Uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are still there. Can Russell Westbrook be the same type of player he was a few years ago? James Harden, we know, will be great, but what will he do in the postseason? Uh, can small ball really work? As of now, we haven't seen it, but I think Steve Silas wants to rock with that for at least one more year. Uh, it's 
it's going to be entertaining to see what Houston does. Um, in my opinion, I just think it's a little too early, and I'm just not sure I know enough about Steve Silas to really think if he's the right guy. Now, his dad was a solid coach. Not a great coach, but he was a solid coach. He was a better player than, than a head coach. But we'll, we'll definitely have some time to see if this, you know, the season starts December or January. But in my opinion, I just think – I just don't know enough about Steve Silas to really think he's the right guy. Uh, Michael, what's your predictions for Houston next season? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of early to tell, but I think it's kind of up in the air because, like I said, you don't know about much about Steve Silas. You know, there's the possibility that Westbrook or Harding could be trade, traded if they try and if they do decide to blow up and just rebuild. So, or they could maybe make it to the playoffs if they keep both the players. So, yeah, I mean. The question is, like I said, if they don't blow it up and try to go one more year, then I could definitely see them making the playoffs. Uh, there's likely only going to be about 72 games this year. I could see them winning uh, 42 games, getting a four or five seed again, maybe a six seed. But I don't even know if they get past the first round. I just don't know because what we've seen Houston in the past is they always seem to struggle in the postseason or when it matters most. Uh, they didn't look that great against OKC in the first round. They looked decent in game one against the Lakers, but then just got blew apart. And I just don't think small ball works. But, again, Houston is going to try to make it work, I think, one more year. Unless they blow it up, then I could see that happen. Uh, them missing the postseason, of course. But I think they are going to try to go one more year. But I just don't see them going very far. My prediction is probably 42 and 30 or something like that. All right, so our next topic, we're going to talk about Kyle Busch takes the checkered flag for the first time this season. Uh, despite the race being canceled for the third straight day in Texas, NASCAR was finally able to have it. Many wrecks happened that included Bubba Wallace, Matt Kenseth, and Denny Hemlin. Uh, Kyle Busch was able to steal into victory lane and get his first win of the year at the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. Busch is now in the playoff race, which opens the door for Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Martin Truex Jr., and Kurt Busch. Even though Truex Jr. was docked 200 points and probably won't make it to the championship four. I know, Michael, you don't know a whole lot about NASCAR, but um, what did you think about Kyle Busch winning the first time this season, despite not even being in the playoff race at the time? I mean, good for him, I guess, is all I got to say. Like I said, I don't know much about NASCAR, so. Well, it was interesting because Kyle Busch is the first uh, first driver to win in the playoffs this season by not making the playoffs. And here's another interesting stat about Kyle Busch. He won the cup last year, but this year, he didn't even win a race until Wednesday. Uh, it's crazy what happened. Uh, it's been, of course, a crazy year, but, you know, good for Kyle Busch, as you said. But I think this is crazy because Kyle Busch seemed to be struggling all year. After the race was over, he said he was so nervous. Um, he even said that – or not even said. He was even reported that uh, he only could do one burnout, and he wasn't able – he had to have a tow truck take him to victory lane, which is kind of funny. Um uh, one more question, Michael. How big is this for Kyle Busch? I mean, it seems pretty big for him, so it must be big. <laughs> well, I think this is huge for Kyle Busch. Of course, he's not going to be – he's not in the playoffs. He's not going to win the Cup this year, but I think that gives him a lot of confidence, confidence going into next season. Uh, Kyle Busch, of course, has won two Cups. So, you know, maybe 2021 will, will be a better year for him. I think it will be, and I think he'll have a chance to compete for next year. All right, so you uh, next question is Kyle Larson signing with Hendrick Motorsports. We all know Kyle Larson. He was with Chip Ganassi Racing. And, of course, he said an inappropriate word during a live Twitch stream, which, of course, had him uh, fired by NASCAR and Chip Ganassi Racing. Last week he formed 
or not last week, NASCAR, or last week he not formed, but last week he uh, asked for a reinstatement. NASCAR allowed him to, and of course he signs with Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, this is big. Um, Kyle Larson now joins a team with all drivers under the age of 30. Uh, Michael, what did you, what did you see in Kyle Larson that the reason why he was signed by Hendrick Motorsports? I mean, he's young, he's got some time and I think, yeah, I don't really know. I don't, like I said, I don't follow NASCAR. All right. Well, I think this is big for Kyle Larson. As you know, there was a lot of reports, um, during the season that he wasn't going to be reinstated, even though he wanted to. And there was also reports that he said he liked trucks, uh, not truck series. He liked uh, dirt series. Of course he won multiple races in the dirt series. And of course he was uh, trying to go through programs, you know, getting them straight or getting them better. But I think this is big for Kyle Larson. We'll see what he does with Hendrick motorsports. He's very young as you, as you said, Um, even before he was fired by Chip Ganassi racing uh, chip, he was supposed to be a top free agent going into next year. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I predict big things for Kyle Larson. All right, let's let's go to the let's go back to the basketball world as the 76ers have hired Daryl Morey as the president of basketball operations. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers have hired Daryl Morey as their new president of basketball operations. Morey left the Rockets earlier this month and said he needed to spend more time with his children. Morey and Doc Rivers have a great relationship, according to multiple sources. Uh, Morey took over the Rockets in 2007 and did a Trade and traded players 77 times, which was the second most in that span, only behind the team that he is now with at 78. Uh, Michael, uh, what's your opinion on the 76ers hiring Daryl Morey as the president of basketball operations? I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. Just yeah, okay. Uh, well, I mean. As you as you just mentioned, it is kind of interesting because Daryl Moore earlier in the month said he wanted to spend more time with his family. Uh, I thought he was going to be gone for at least a year. Well, that clearly is not going to happen because less than a month later, he's hired by the Sixers. Uh, this is a big move for Philly. Um, it's going to be interesting because that roster is completely opposite of what the Rockets are. They have Ben Simmons, who is a guard but doesn't shoot threes at all. Joel Embiid, who is a basically a traditional big man he can shoot threes but he's not really the guy who likes to go up and down the court constantly uh the sixers don't shoot a lot of threes uh, i think they were 24th in the league with three-point shooting and a, but a, here's another uh interesting note they were ninth in the best percentage this year despite only shooting 24th in the league so that's another note but I don't know what the Sixers are going to do. I, I don't know if they're going to start trying small ball, which means they have to trade Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Uh, do they? How are they going to get rid of Al Horford and Tobias Harris's massive contract? It's going to be very, very entertaining to see what happens with the Sixers this upcoming season. And that brings up to me. It brings up to my next point. Will Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey work well together? Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, I think they'll will work good together just because they've had relationships in the past and it was reported too that uh they both got along together so yeah um daryl morey is a very good president of basketball operations doc rivers is a good coach uh they have a lot of work to do because as you know uh the the sixers have done some done some strange things in the past especially in the offseason signing players like al horford and tobias harris uh they have ben simmons and joel Embiid. one of them is probably getting traded in this, in the off season, um, they need to add shooting. That's clearly what they need to do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what 
what Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey do with both Embiid and Simmons. I think they'll work well together, but it just really, it really, it really depends on what they want to do, what direction they want to go. Do they want to go small ball? Do they want to go fundamental? Because it seems like Doc Rivers likes to go more of a fundamental type of offense where Daryl Morey likes the spread, likes to spread things out, likes to shoot threes. Eh, I don't know. Doc Rivers isn't too keen on that, but I think they'll work things out. All right. So on to our next topic, uh, the Chicago White Sox have hired Tony La Russa as their new manager. The Chicago White Sox have hired Tony La Russa as their next manager. La Russa is 76 and is now the oldest manager in the MLB. La Russa managed the White Sox from 1979 to 1986. La Russa has won the World Series title with the A's in 89, the Cardinals in 06, and 11. La Russa retired in 2011 after St. Louis beat Texas in the World Series. Michael, uh, what's your thoughts on the Chicago White Sox hiring Tony La Russa, who right now is 76 and is very old for a manager. Yeah, I mean, like I said, similar to NASCAR, I don't really follow baseball a whole lot, but I just think it's kind of surprising that they hire such an old guy, and I don't know, it's kind of more of a shock to me. It is me, to me as well. There was opinion, or there was there was rumors that Tony La Russa was likely going to get hired somewhere, wanted to get hired. Of course, as he said, he likes to be in the dugout rather than being upstairs, as we all know from after winning, after winning the World Series in 2011 and retiring, he spent time in the upper deck with the Red Sox, with the Angels, and I believe with the Yankees. I, I, I might not be right, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, somewhat correct. But um, Tony Lewis was very old. I'm very surprised that he's taken the job, um, but we'll see what happens. Of course, he was with the White Sox from 79 to 85. Uh, he had some success there. Have a lot of success. All right. Uh, next one. Can La Russa still be successful as of such an old age? Now, Michael, you said you don't think, uh, you don't know much about baseball, but can you give your honest opinion on what Tony La Russa, or if Tony La Russa can be successful at such a very old age? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he can. You know, from the way it sounds, he's had success in the past, and, you know, he's got a lot of experience, too, being you know, doing that for all those years. So I think he definitely has potential to succeed. Well, they definitely have, they definitely have potential. Uh, they made the playoffs last year with the manager that not a lot of the players were fine with. Uh, Tony LaRusse is kind of a traditionalist and they have a lot of young players on that roster that are the opposite of traditionalist. As you guys all know, Tim Anderson is their best player, but likes to bat flip a lot. And I don't know if that will go, uh, that will go right with Tony LaRusse, but you know, it, we got till March, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think Tony La Russa can be very successful. He's had the blueprint. He did very well in Oakland and St. Louis. Uh, pretty much anything he does, he turns into gold. So I think La Russa can be very successful. I think the Cardinals are not the Cardinals. I think the White Sox win the AL Central and have a chance to compete for the Fall Classic next year. But it really depends on if Tony La Russa can agree with his players. Uh, how will the White Sox do with their new manager? As I previously mentioned, I think they can make it to the Fall Classic. How far do you think they go, Mike? I think they can make it pretty far, too. Maybe to the Fall Classic as well, you know. And I think he's definitely better than their old manager, too. So they can only go up from there. Yeah, and as you guys, as we are, as we've all seen, the White Sox haven't been very successful in the years. And uh, they have a chance to make the 
playoffs for the first and back-to-back years for the first time in franchise history, which is just crazy because how long the White Sox have been around for. But I think they can go all the way to the Fall Classic. It's just gonna. It just really depends on what Tony Larusa and the White Sox players if they can agree, and I think they can. And you know, Tony Larusa can be. It likes to control, according to David Sampson of CBS Sports. He likes to control a lot of the team. Now that's not really happening nowadays because a lot of times the manager doesn't have full control as he used to. But I think with Tony Larusa being around for so long, he will have control of most of the team. And I think the White Sox will go very far. I'm going to predict the ALCS. All right, second last topic. The Wisconsin game versus Nebraska has been canceled. Uh, the first Big Ten game has been canceled because of a multiple multiple positive COVID test. Uh, Wisconsin versus Nebraska this week will not be played, and therefore the Huskers cannot play the Badgers in the year 2020. The Big Ten will not be able to reschedule the game because they did not have any flexible days. Also, if a player tests positive for coronavirus, he has to quarantine for a total of 21 days, which is just crazy. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on the Nebraska versus Wisconsin game being canceled? I mean, it's just crazy with all that's going on with that, but I'm a little surprised for the same time. Not just because I think it was bound to happen at some point with some team, not necessarily, you know, the Big Ten, but I think at some point there was going to be games that got canceled, so... Well, I just... It just goes back to what the Big Ten did originally. They canceled the season... And then because they had so much pressure, they decided to bring it back. But the problem is they didn't wait too long, and therefore they couldn't have any flexible days or flexible weeks. I mean, the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 were exactly right about what they did. They basically built in buys to allow teams, if they did have a COVID test, they could reschedule a game. So this is just bad scheduling in on the Big Ten's part. And I think Kevin Warren really needs to be, needs to be accountable for this because this was a terrible decision by him. And plus, if a player tests positive for coronavirus, he has to test for 21 days. I think that's a little overkill. I think anywhere from 10 to 14 days is enough. So it just it's it's the it makes the Big Ten look bad, and it's just not a good look, um, especially with you trying to be because the Big Ten is known for its football, and it just it doesn't look good, and this just kind of sets the Big Ten back. All right, uh, does the game Nebraska Wisconsin? Well, actually, I shouldn't say the Nebraska game versus Wisconsin will likely never happened in 2020 but is there still a chance that if both nebraska and wisconsin are out of it a week after the big 10 championship game is played do you think that happens michael no uh i don't think it's gonna happen either way even if they did do it afterwards like what's the point yeah but i feel like and we've all and we've all seen this report but nebraska tried to schedule a game against Chattanooga during the week because they couldn't get the game against Wisconsin. Now, it was likely going to happen, but then the Big Ten shut it down. But I think there is a chance because of how aggressive Nebraska is, and they were the ones or were one of the biggest uh, teams to basically petition the Big Ten to come back. So I think it could happen. I would love to see it happen. I think it would be December 19th because I think the Big Ten championship game is December 12th. But I would love to see that happen, and I, I think it's going to happen. I think Nebraska-Wisconsin will happen in 2020 because of how uh, because of how aggressive Nebraska is, and I think they will end up outweighing the Big Ten eventually. Um, how does this affect the Big Ten? Uh, your reactions, Michael? Well, I mean, it definitely affects with, like, the Big Ten championship and obviously, like, records and stuff and scheduling, too. But, like I said, going back to what you were saying earlier, I don't think that this gives the Big Ten a good look either just because – I do agree with you that they should have made the decision long before they did, and I don't know why they waited to begin with. But, yeah. Yeah, I just 
I mean, I understand to look good and look like they were, you know, they were, they, they were trying to look like they were out for their players and, you know, player safety first, but it went completely the opposite and Justin Fields and all the parents pretty much petitioned. And I think it does affect the big 10 greatly. I mean, it's already affected it in recruiting. Uh, Wisconsin was supposed to be a possibly a competitor in the big 10 championship game and Nebraska there, that was a long shot, but you know how Nebraska loves football. So I think this is just, looks bad on the Big Ten. It looks bad on the NCAA. Um, I don't know if the Big – I think the Big Ten will recover, but it will take long, a very long time for them to do – to recover. So, Big Ten not looking good right now. And imagine how many other games are going to be postponed or officially canceled because of the Big Ten or because a player says positive. Because, I mean, they're not in a bubble, so it's more likely going to happen even if they're safe. So, you know, it's just not, not a good look on the Big Ten. Um, and last but not least, the Thursday night football preview. Big game in the NFC South tonight is the Panthers host the Falcons on Thursday night football. The Panthers are a good three and four, which is kind of hard to really think about, but they're a very good three and four. And the Falcons are a one and are one and six. Both teams are coming off a loss last Sunday. Carolina lost a heartbreaker to New Orleans, 27-24, and the Falcons lost also a heartbreaker, 23-22 to Detroit on the final play of the game. As we all know, Atlanta led 22-16, but Todd Gurley scored too early and allowed the Lions to score on the final play of the game. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this on this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be close, closer than most people will think, just because Atlanta's been in some close games. They just haven't been able to finish the games out. So I think it's going to be close, but I still think the Panthers are going to win. I think the Panthers overall are still a better team than the Falcons at this point. Yeah. And Carolina really hasn't, I mean, all of their games they've been in except for Tampa, but they should have probably beat New Orleans last week. Um, people are kind of giving the Panthers business, but people only expected Carolina to win three or four games and they already have three wins. And again, pretty good opponents that include the Arizona Cardinals. I think this will be a good game in the first half, but I think in the second half, the Panthers will flex their muscles and win by, I'm going to say 10 points. Um, we if we if we go back to last week, Carolina lost to New Orleans. Atlanta lost to Detroit. What happened to Atlanta in that fourth quarter, uh, Michael? What did you What did you think about the Falcons in the final quarter? Well, I think kind of similar to what happened back in the Super Bowl. You know, they just they've always had troubles closing games out since with Dan Quinn. So that's been just an Atlanta thing for the past few years. It seems like. Yeah, and if you just really look at it, the Falcons, even when they change coaching staff, they still somehow figure out to choke. And imagine, you think Eric Bieniemy is going to want to take this job? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Raheem, Raheem Morris is a good coach, but even Raheem Morris blows lead. So I just Atlanta right now is in a tough stretch. Um, who is the better quarterback in your opinion, Michael? Is it Teddy Bridgewater or is it Mike or is it Matt Ryan? I think. That's a good question. I think as of right now, Matt Ryan is a little bit better. But I think if Teddy Bridgewater never got hurt and, you know, he didn't have to take all those that time off, I think he would potentially be a top quarterback right now because he was good before that injury happened. And I think that injury kind of, you know, affected his play and all that. So, 
Yeah, and if you really look at it, Teddy Bridgewater would still be the quarterback in Minnesota if he was if he never got that injury. And I think the Vikings would be a lot more successful than they are right now because they're really struggling with Kirk Cousins, and Cousins could be in danger of losing his position after signing a massive extension. Um, I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback right now. Overall, I think Matt Ryan is, but this year Teddy Bridgewater has shown he's better. Yeah, his stats aren't great, but his stats are good enough, and it's been putting in positions for the Panthers to win some football games. Um, um, let's go to the last question. Um, once the season is over, should Raheem Morris still be the coach for the Falcons, Michael? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just because, like I said, he's you said earlier, he's uh been known to blow weeds, and yeah, I just think they need to blow up the whole team basically and just start from scratch. Yeah, I don't think Raheem Morris is the coach for the Falcons. I think he's a nice interim, and of course he's won a game, uh, won more than Dan Quinn did in 2020. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't think Morris is getting the job. I think he'll probably end up being a guy like Eric Bieniemy if Bieniemy wants it. Uh, Greg Roman from Baltimore is another guy. Josh McDaniels in New England. Uh, only uh, Time will tell, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Falcons do. All right, last questions. I kind of predicted the game already, but Michael, who do you have winning this game, and what is the score? I think it's going to end up being. I'll go. Twenty, one seventeen Panthers. Oh really? Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. But like I said, I don't. Falcons can't close leads if we t- or can't close games if we've mentioned before. So. Do you think the Falcons lead after the third quarter? No. No. I think. I think they lead at halftime, but then in the third quarter, quarter, that's when they start to crumble. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think the Panthers lead the whole game, and I think it's going to be somewhat close. But I'm going to say both defenses aren't great. So I say 35-24 or I'm going to say 35-27 Panthers. Um, it's going to be a more entertaining game than people think. And uh, the Falcons or the Panthers start – have the record at four and four and the Falcons are at one and seven. Uh, all right. So that was a great conversation. Um, we will see you guys uh, this Tuesday. Um, thanks for listening. And um, as always, thank you again, Michael, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, as, as you guys all know, Michael is the host of the YouTube gaming channel, Angry Turtles. So don't forget to subscribe, like comment and rate. All right. See you guys later. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Time Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, like, and comment.